This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) boys and girls, welcome one and all to the inaugural Steely Awards here on the Steelers Standard. I will be your I will be your ferryman on the river sticks of this award show. Consider me the Ryan Seacrest of these festivities. Jacob Recht, my co-host, my partner in crime. Think of him more as that guy who got kicked off of American Idol after season one. Nobody remembers The guy his that name. also hosted no with Seacrest that name. never came back for another That's season. That's who you are today. Okay, great. Thank you We got that. some great Steely Awards to get to today. We're going to break this award, show, this award show ceremony down into two parts. The first awards are going to go to guys that there are no nominees for. It's not subjective, right? These are tangible, it's concrete numbers factual. that we yeah, have yeah, here. yeah. And then the rest are going to be, you know, there's a couple of nominees and you kind of got to have to be subjective. You have to determine on your own yeah, it's who worth you think deserves a the vote, award. Right? Absolutely. So let's get started. All right. Let's do Our it. Our first award Which of one are we the going day, with? we're going with the Joey Porter Sacked Lunch Award. Okay. This is the award that goes to the player on the Steelers team that has the most sacks on the season. Mm-hmm. The winner is... Mr. Alex Highsmith. Well done. Well done, Alex. Alex I mean, 14 and a half sacks on the season. Question. Yes. Are we going to have any speeches given today? It is an award ceremony. I reached out to all of these players. They said they were busy. They didn't even respond to me. They didn't even get a, I didn't even get a no, I'm sorry. You got the automated, I'm out of office response. That's right. Come back to me in August when I'm back. I sent the email two seconds later. Oh my God, Alex Highsmith got back to me. Oh, he's out of office. It was an automatic reply. So no speeches from them. But we could give a little soliloquy of what we thought their yeah, season was. Yeah, let me do my and... best Alex Highsmith impression. Nope, we're not going to do that. Okay. 14 and a half sacks, though. Mm-hmm. What a great season for a guy that needed to have a breakout year. And now he gets to go home with, you know, national recognition. He gets to go home with a really good chance of getting a nice payday on his next contract now. He, I think, is going to make the Pro Bowl, you know? I think a player's going to go to the Super Bowl or going to opt out, and he's he's got to be one of the first all. I mean, the only reason T.J. Watt got in and Alex Highsmith did not was of because name. of the name. Yes. Yeah. So I think when someone pulls out, which I think is inevitable at that game, although who knows this year since it's a flag football game and it's completely different, but I hope Alex Highsmith gets the call. But most importantly, Jacob, mm-hmm. he gets to go home. And put on his shelf the Joey Porter Sack Lunch Award. Could I bring something up to you that of I course. just discovered? Of so course. you you've you've been really overjoyed by the the research that you've done when you looked up Alex Highsmith reached fourteen and a half sacks in his third season, and that was more than the sacks of Bud Dupree had in his first three seasons combined. Yes. Let me pull up another fourteen and a half number for you. Fourteen and a half. The number of sacks that T.G. Watt had in his third season. And that was, at the time, a career high for T.J. Watt, correct? Every, well, so every year except for this past year. Which doesn't count. He increased his sack total. So he went from 7 to 13 to 14 and a half in year three. And Alex Highsmith's on that exact same trajectory And, and now. again, Alex Highsmith did it for half the season without playing with T.J. Watt. And Alex Highsmith, of course, did get aided with some very voluminous performances didn't he have have three sacks against the Bengals Mm -hmm. he had three sacks two and a half sacks against the Browns last week I mean there were games where Alex Highsmith really racked up the numbers but that counts you know 
TJ Watt yeah, last year broke a big part of TJ Watt tying. I always say broke and then I get mad. Tying right. Michael Strahan's record tie, was yeah. the four sacks he had in week 17 against Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Like, a lot of people didn't think he was going to get that record when Until he was five he... sacks away heading into week 17. They got four in week right. 17. He only had to get one in that season finale against the Ravens. So uh, it's okay to stack him up in a game here or there. But apart from, you know, those two games where he really had eye-popping numbers sack-wise, there was consistency from him all year long. And 14-and-a-half sacks, man, is 14-and-a-half sacks. 14-and-a-half hey, sacks. That's league. That's top of the league stuff That's right top there. six. He finished tied for first uh, for forced fumbles on the year. And, I mean, that – I don't even know where he falls, but he, he falls somewhere near the top of quarterback hits, tackles for loss. Every major category you want to be in – as an edge rusher, Alex Highsmith finished in that in that range. And again, Tom did it without TJ Watt for half the season. All right, moving on to our next award of the day. It is the Two Chains Move Those Chains Award. This award is going to go to the Steeler that got the most first downs on the season. Quarterbacks don't count. That mm-hmm. would just be always going to It'd the be quarterback. It'd be unfair to happens. everyone else. Yes. The quarterback has to do with every single one of the receiving first downs. So between Mitch and Kenny, there's 189 first downs between them. They would both win that in the landslide. Yeah. So they don't count. The nomi- No nominees. Because winner, we know, we we know, know it's, yeah. the top first down getter. The winner is... Oh my God, there's two. Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Wow. Both guys got 45 first downs apiece. Najee, 45 with his legs on the ground. Mm. 45 from Deontay through the air. That's a nice little caveat Very for Deontay's sit- yes, sit- it is. season. Very fitting for the 2 chains Move Those Chains Award to go to two players, though. Because you got two guys. Yeah. Exactly. So Two chains, two guys. And the award Do is each, a chain. Does each so, guy get two chains? No. So we have to give out four That's, chains? Uh, yeah, you're right. It's two chains. Chains for the award, so four chains. Four total chains in total. Out. Uh, very interesting juxtaposition, though, between these two. With Najee mm. being the winner of the 45 first downs on the ground, really good second half of the season. One that builds a lot of optimism. One that kind of puts to bed the worry that people had after the first half of the season that maybe mm. he's going to fall off a cliff after his rookie year. Where Deontay, I think. Is it fair to say he might be public enemy number one amongst Steelers Nation amongst after this Steelers season? Fans for sure. And I'm not going to separate myself too much from that. I wouldn't use the term public enemy number one, but is he in my doghouse as well? Of course he is. He's he had a very disappointing year following that contract that he signed, and I think he will forever hold the record of 86 catches in a season without scoring a touchdown. I mean. That's that's a record you don't want to have your name attached to. The guy who's in second place, the guy who he passed to, mm-hmm. was a running back in the right. 80s. Right, so not meant to catch touchdown no, passes. Especially in the 80s, wasn't meant to catch right. touchdown Right, so think about passes. that. The record we're set in the 80s, it took almost 40 years to break that one. So And James Wilder, the running back who in 84 had those 85 catches without uh-huh. a touchdown, he had 1,300 yards rushing and about 13 touchdowns on go. the ground. Uh, so if, if you want to say, well, Every 40 years. So the next time you'll see a guy go that many catches without a... I'll be talking like this! 2060 will be the year. <laughs> I won't make it for 2060. There's no <laughs> chance. Uh, but yeah, very interesting juxtaposition between the two. Yeah. But I got to give Deontay credit in the area of moving those sticks at, to the tune of 45. Uh, Najee had 16 through the air as well. So I guess mm-hmm. technically if you want to give it to Najee, overall you can. But I like to split it between the receivers and the running backs who has the most... 
in one category, not combining them both. That's unfair to the receivers who don't rush the ball as much as a running back right. would catch the ball. There's the probably backfield. more opportunity of for course, a running back of to course. get it. So I'm going to split this thing up. Deontay, Najee, good for both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for moving those chains, guys. Thanks for keeping those drives alive. That was that was huge after the first half of the season, well, that, was keeping drives alive. Well, that was something that was a good and bad thing among Steelers fans because it was, okay, the drives are being kept alive, but why are there 17-play, 18-play drives happening every game? Why can't you have a four-play drive, right? Yes. Like, I'm sure That's some people would have compromised that first down mark by Najee and Deontay to be dwindled a little bit if it meant just there was a 50-yard play or a 60-yard play or a 55-yard play sprinkled in every now and again. The Peanut Tillman Get That Ball Out Award. <laughs> this award, I'm sure you could assume out there, goes to the player that had the most forced fumbles on the season, the guy who got that pigskin on the grass They might the have most. spoiled that a little bit ago, but that's okay. That's okay, because the winner is... His second award today, Mr. Alex Highsmith. He's just racking them up racking today. Up. He had a great year. Racking them up in the sacks and the forced fumbles. Five and a half forced fumbles on the year. Not only is he the Peanut Tillman Get That Ball Out Award winner for the Steelers, the Steely Awards, but he has the most forced fumbles in the NFL. I think he tied for Tied that five and a half. Yeah. Ties as good as being in the lead because you still get that number one next to your name when you I look at I don't know about that. Ask T.J. Watt how he feels about tying for, for certain records. What did he tie for? He broke that record. I, I don't know. What I agree. I, ask anyone. He broke that record. But Alex Highsmith, five and a half forced fumbles. I mean, you couple that with 14 and a half sacks. Again, I don't know how this dude was left off the Pro Bowl. I know the Pro Bowl doesn't matter. I know there's a lot of fan vote. I know there's a lot of name matters more than actual performance matters mm-hmm. when it comes to that game. But a 14 and a half sack, five and a half forced fumbled season is Pro Bowl any way you slice it. That is one of the better uh, edge rush outside linebacking performances you'll get in the NFL this year, and it really, really makes me excited for the future of the young man because, yeah. again, we were kind of in that purgatory with him heading into this year. Where is he going to end up? Where is his ceiling? Is he going to be a good enough second fiddle for T.J. Watt? Uh, he's better than a second fiddle. He is a second fiddle, don't get me wrong, but after a season like this, teams will be looking for him to come well, in right. and be their I mean, Bud Dupree and be their guy. I think he proved that he's more than just a a, a, um, a Robin or a second fiddle when when T.J. Watt was out for half way. the season because he was not, still putting up numbers he's without T.J. Watt. He's not Robin. Here's my little nerd coming okay, up. He's Nightwing. He's the yeah, Robin. I, that, I don't know Nightwing. Well, the first Robin graduated to become his own superhero called there's Night, multiple Robins. Yes, there's multiple Robins. We've done. I think we've done this before on the Steelers. Did standard. not know that. So Nightwing was the first Robin that graduated from being, you okay. know, sidekick to superhero of his own in the town of Bloodhaven, which borders Gotham City. Thank you. I'm a huge nerd. Uh, that's where I see him at, though. You know, he's not his Batman. own guy. He still has to call in on Batman for some help from time to time, but he can handle most of the henchmen by himself at this point. And I just think that this is a guy you need to get another contract on the books with. I know you already have a really expensive defense. You got to kind of put more money into it because this is a guy you can't afford to leave. I think he's going to be better than Bud Dupree, and he kind of is already. No, the Steelers will not let a talent like Alex Highsmith just walk out the door. Our final Steely Award to give away that is solely numbers-based and doesn't have a nominee element to it is the Troy Polamalu Air Traffic Control Award. This Steely 
goes to the Steelers player that had the most interceptions mm. on the season. I have a feeling I know this one. I think we all do. The winner is... Mr. Minka Fitzpatrick. Well done, Minka. Six picks on the season. First Steelers since Mel Blunt in the 70s to lead the league in interceptions. He tied with about three other players for the NFL League lead this year with six picks. But six picks, far and away the high watermark for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last year. Yeah, tripled his total from last year. Only two picks last year. And... He had a lot of negative Nancys around him going, is he worth that first-round pick? Is he the splash kind of player that we thought he was going to be? There were a lack of splash plays uh, last year for Minka Fitzpatrick. You bring him in to be this splashy type guy. Can I say splash one more time? I'll say it another time. Splash. Six interceptions this year, a total of 94 yards on interception returns and a toddy. Right. That was so not only did he triple his interception total from two to six from last year, last year was the only time in his career spent with Pittsburgh that he didn't have an interception return for a touchdown. And as we've pointed out many times in this show, he fixed that in game one, possession one of the season. Yeah, he did not waste any time there. And he looks. Like he's gonna be a first team All Pro this year, I think. I don't. I would I, hope so. I don't know why he wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe because all the other guys who were making interceptions this year, possibly they're corners, though. Some of them, Sauce, um, Gardner, for sure. So I, I don't know. I think he's first team All Pro. In my I mind. would hope so. Yeah. He won't be any further away than second. He'll be an All Pro this year. Well, for how sure. about that? Because last year again, he, you know, in his first two seasons in 2019 and 2020, was a first team All Pro. Last year, didn't even make an All-Pro team. He's going to be an All-Pro this That's year. That's what I'm saying. And I, and so I think it's first team. A return to form for Mika Fitzpatrick. The this year. Players Association released their first ever All-Pro, and he was the only Steeler to make mm -hmm. the first team as a safety. So I, I think he's going to make it. And honestly, <laughs> if the Steelers had 11 wins, had 12 wins, he'd, I think he'd be a defensive player of the year conversation yeah, right absolutely. now. Absolutely. Great season for Mika Fitzpatrick, as you expect from Mika Fitzpatrick. Right. All right, let's get to the awards that have nominees with them. And our this, first one. This is where it gets spicy. This is where I get excited. The Clifford, the Clifford Franklin Best Hands Award. This steely mm. goes to the Steelers player that has the best hands. Now, Jacob, have you ever seen the movie The Replacements? Do you understand I the reference know, to Clifford Franklin? I know the movie with Keanu Reeves. I've never seen the movie. They put the stickum on his hands. Uh -huh. It looks like he does unspeakable things to an elephant. At least that's the line that he gives them. Okay. And they use it to because he can't catch. Clifford Franklin's okay. character is the fastest receiver you've ever seen. He runs great routes, can't catch the ball. So they load him up with stickum. Hilarious movie. You should go see it if you haven't seen it. I go should. see it if you're a football fan. It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Keanu it's Reeves is quarterback. The nominees for the Clifford Franklin Best Hands Award go to George Pickens, okay, Pat Fryermuth, there, and Stephen Sims. I like that. Had to, there had to be a third one. The committee always likes to have three nominees in these type of awards for the Steelies, and it certainly wasn't going to be Deontay Johnson. Uh, that's for no, sure. Sadly so not. you throw Stephen Sims in there with Pat and George Pickens, and the winner is. Open up that envelope. How could it be anybody else but George Pickens? How could it be? He could have just had else. that Cleveland catch alone this and year. And then won the award. And that's the award. For Played me. in the first four games of the season and then just exited stage left and still gotten the award. Yeah, absolutely. He was a stud in combat catches all year. His target share was criminally low. 
on the season. I get that you bring a rookie along slowly, but to only target him 84 times on the year is, is I think, a little bit of malpractice. That'll be up towards the hundreds. I mean, Jacob, think about how much of a big play threat he is when mm-hmm. Deontay was the leading receiver on the team, 86 catches, 882 yards. In over 30 less catches, 34 less catches with 52 George Pickens had 801 yards, so yeah, he was only about close. 80 yards away from him with 30 less catches, over 30 less catches. I mean, he's an explosive player. He's a down-the-field threat. He's a number one receiver. He, I don't think there was a question. I think the Steelers in years to come will be lauded as a team that had one of the steals of that draft of 2022, if not the steal of the draft, just because how did George Pickens, in a class that was so deep in receivers— be what like the the 11th receiver taken in that draft class it was something like that there's it'll be if he pans out the way that we think he will not saying that like the drake london's and the alaves and the gary wilson's aren't going to be good but there will be a run i think of receivers that will be funny names like the jalen rager before justin jefferson that Mm -hmm. everybody points out to and laughs like i think that's going to happen with pickens in this draft there will be a receiver maybe burks the guy for the tight who the titans picked like there's going to be someone that people off. point to and say, that guy was picked before George Pickens. Right, that's, Ooh, that's, that's the Jalen Rager yes. to the Justin Jefferson. And again, I'm not saying that he's going to be the number. He might be the number one, but it won't be that way with Will. You won't point to Garrett Wilson and say, I can't believe the Jets took him over Pickens. Even if talented. Pickens is better than Wilson. A, they're, Wilson. They're all talented. Just George would stand above the rest. Wilson's had, Wilson had a thousand yard season mm-hmm. this year as a rookie. With he's, Zach Wilson throwing the ball. And Mike White and, and a little Joe bit of Joe Flacco. Flacco. Yeah. Like he, he's a very, very good Talented. wide receiver. I mean, the Jets are, we've said this so many, so many times, the Jets are just a quarterback away from being a good team. Oh, Derek Carr is done in Vegas. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the quarterback right there. That's for another episode, though. Yep. Moving on to our next award, and wow, this is the only guy whose namesake is on two Steely Awards Whoa. in the inaugural 2022-23 Steely Awards. So it's got to be a Steelers legend, right? It's the Troy Polamalu okay. Hair yeah. of the Year Best Award. Hair? Best hair on the team. I know my. I know where my vote's Our going. nominees, Gunnar Olszewski, Terrell Edmonds. Oh, yeah. Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. All right. And the winner is... Number eight, Kenny Pickett. It couldn't have been luscious. Anybody else? Luscious locks, and I'll tell you what—I don't even think they've come close to hitting their prime yet. I, I think Kenny's locks. No, I think we're going to have a really strong off season. Maybe a new conditioner comes into the fold. That mane is going to look glorious next year. Gunner's hair, you know, to me—it's it's longer, long, but it's the doesn't have that that it's got feel no of it Kenny. factor. Yeah, exactly. Like Kenny's walking out there. Leading the offense with his main flowing, it's got it's got some sort of character to it. Gunner just kind of flows in the wind, kind of like a surfer dude. You know what I mean? It doesn't really care. It's just it's there. The hair is there, and he doesn't care. But but Kenny's got some character to it. And the Edmonds, I I'll always love a good set of dreads. I mean, I think yeah. those look great. You know what I? So it was our good friend and coworker uh, Max Starks' birthday earlier this week. And his producer, Wes Euler, did you see this? Tweeted out an old McDonald's commercial. Yes. Featuring Max, Charlie, and Jeff Reed. Reed. 
Did it was you a good commercial. See? It was I a funny commercial. commercial. So did I. Did you see how long and how creative? Like he had a bun dude, in his hair almost. He had yeah. like bun and hair going down to his shoulders. Max Sarks did. Now he just has like some short hair. Well, he's a professional. He's got that. Clean he's got to. He's, he's got to have a. He's all over. A college football sideline. He's side in studios for, for the SEC yeah. Network every weekend, every Saturday. So he's got to make it a little more presentable, but. If this was, if Max Sark were playing today with that haircut, without a question, I'd put Max Sark's up there, possibly for the namesake of this award. Say, Troy, hold on, hold on. Oh, you're come not on. The, I get it. I get it. You can't but you're do not that. the only guy with some stylish flows back there. He is the flow in I get it. History, I get, maybe in the NFL. In the like NFL. The, maybe the most recognizable hair. And like, it could go to just sports in general. Let's put it this way. His hair is so legendary that he's still on Head and Shoulders commercials with Patrick Yeah, right. He's still there. He's still the spokesperson for that uh, brand of shampoo. All right, moving on. This is the Grind My Gears Toughest Loss Award. This Steely goes to the the toughest loss of the season for the Steelers. Not a player. No, no, no. This is team now specific. Your nominees... The New York Jets game, Mm -hmm. the New England Patriots game, Mm -hmm. the Miami Dolphins game. Oh. And the winner is... This is a tough one. We're going to go. The people decided the New York Jets game is your steely for toughest loss. I think just because you're up by 10 late, you threw bad interceptions, your defense led up an 85-yard scoring drive to Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson... Stop the conversation right there. You lost to Bill Belichick. You lost to Tua and the Dolphins, who were up and coming, even Tua, though they played terribly Tyreek, in that game. Waddle, Mostert, Jeff Wilson. You lost to Zach Wilson yeah. and the Jets. One that's of, all you need to say. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, that's all you need to say is Jeff Wilson. Or, I'm sorry, is Zach Wilson. So that one was a really tough pill to swallow for the Steelers. And any one of these three tough losses go the other way, you're making the playoffs. We're yeah. talking about, we're not doing the Steelers Awards right now. We're because talking Steelers Bills. Because all three of them you have that tiebreaker over that team that's battling you out for that seven seed. Yes. So really tough pill for the Steelers to swallow in that game. But yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, our over-the-moon mm. best win Love of it. the season, our nominees for that go to the Baltimore Ravens game, the, Cincinnati, the, second, one. the second Ravens right. game, the Cincinnati Bengals game the all season the way opener. back in week one, and, of course, the Franco Harris game against mm. the Vegas all, Raiders. I mean, all I good think, wins. I think all three will be remembered. We were all over time. the moon after all of them. Yeah. Our winner is the Baltimore Ravens game. Week 17, Sunday Night Football, Kenny Pickett's second game-winning drive in as many weeks, and you did it against the Ratbirds. I think it's and you did the it to right, keep your season alive. I think it's the right choice. The The Bengals game, I think, was a great win, but... Were they really the Bengals then? No. You could argue and that the Ravens weren't really were, the Ravens. And were the Steelers really the Steelers at no. that point? Like, yes, you had... MVP MVP performances from TJ Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick, but the offense was a totally different animal or a totally different looking unit than it, it finished as. And you kind of caught the Bengals slipping. Like the Bengals finished the season with what that eight game winning streak to close it out. The Bengals started that season, I think, like eight or three and four or four and five, something like that. So a completely different Bengals team, a complete surprise. The Raiders game, everything surrounding the Franco Harris loss and then the re- the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, yes, was great. But to beat the Ravens on the road, it's always more satisfying, I think, 
to beat a divisional opponent in their own house than it is to win at home and you can celebrate with your fans. Because you go into their house. Yeah, beating them in their house was great. And they, Avenging and they, a loss that they had. And speaking of had the, an Akershore earlier. Right. And speaking of playing in their house, the stat that we like to bring up surrounding that game is the Ravens had gone 15 straight quarters playing at home without allowing a touchdown. And the first time they allow one, it's a drive led by rookie Kenny Pickett to eventually seal that win for the Steelers. And again, just you know, the fact that you had to have that game to stay in the playoff race to make Week 18 matter, and you knew that by the time you were playing because the 1 o'clock games on that day went the way that you needed them to. You go out there, you struggle through most of the game, and, and like you said, a, a game-winning drive that no one really saw coming, especially against no. that defense in just that because stadium. For the second straight week, Tom, you saw the offense led by Kenny Pickett kind of sputter for 50 to 55 minutes of that game until the very end where he had a calculated, methodical, effective, game-winning drive. Our next Steely to give out is the Big Ben Rookie of the Year Mm. Award, aptly named after, I think, one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen in Steelers history. Big Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year getting to the AFC Championship game, Mm -hmm. helping navigate the team to a 15-1 and record once he came in off the bench. Our nominees this year for the Big Ben Rookie of the Year Steely Award, Connor Hayward. Very surprised nominee. I like that. I I like it. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett. And our winner is... I like it. Kenny Pickett. How could you go otherwise as the rookie of the year? Two game winning drives, seven and two record down the stretch in the back half of the season. I know Mitch has one win under his belt in that stretch, but he also helped lose that Ravens game by throwing three interceptions. So that evens out a little bit. Uh, So much improvement from Kenny in the second half of the season and a lot of optimism heading into his future. That's what you want out of a rookie of the year is optimism for the future. I don't think you see this kind of optimism with the team overall. If it's Mitch Trubisky who you went with at quarterback for the majority of the season, you didn't get to see Kenny grow. You didn't see get you didn't get to see Kenny learn from his mistakes. Right, he th- had two games in the first half of the season pre bye week with three interceptions thrown. He had one interception thrown down that seven and two stretch. One pick. Yes, it was incredible adjustment to what you were doing terribly wrong, what you were doing to cost games at the beginning of the year. It only took him a bye week, it seems, to really adjust the Mm -hmm. way he was playing now. I think there was a negative to that, too. I think it made him more risk-adverse, and you didn't push the ball down there. That's the next step now in in the evolution. And this offseason and training camp is, you know what? I love that you protected the football, but let's not go too extreme in the other end, all right? let's You're going to throw an interception every once in a while, Let's just try to not make it buck wild three interceptions a game like you had the mm-hmm. tendency to do early in the season. But a product of pushing the ball down the field trying to make plays is you get intercepted from time to time. So I like his ability to cut back on an area that the coaching staff clearly demanded him cut back on. But at the same time, you gotta you kind of got to not be afraid to throw interceptions, if that makes sense. And not to say he was afraid maybe not as cautious as he was because then you just fall into that game-managing kind of quarterback style, Mm. and you can't win games with that. No, you can't. All right, moving on. Our Andy Dufresne Breakout Player of the Year. Our nominees are Mm -hmm. Alex Highsmith, Terrell Edmonds, and Pat Fryermuth. Good breakout season for Pat Fryermuth. For all three. Finished sixth in tight end receiving yards is concerned. But Edmonds had another, I mean, we say it almost every year, 
the best year of his career. He just steadily improves as his career is unfolded. By the and way, this year was probably his biggest leap. I saw somebody on Twitter, a, a blue check mark paid for Steelers Nation account, <laughs> say that one of the th- biggest overrated Steelers in his mind was Pat Fryermuth. He thinks Steelers Nation has this sentiment where he's already a top five wide receiver in the league, and he said that's just incredibly overrating him. And I'm reading this tweet, and I'm like, you're overrating the rest of the tight ends in the NFL. Right. Like, I understand that I'm he's sorry, not Kelsey, I... Kittle, Andrews yet, but the drop-off from one to three to that four and five in the top five is pretty big. Like, from Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey to the Goddards, Engrams, Fryermoose, there's a pretty sizable gap there. And Fryermoose, the one out of the ones in that group that I see the most likely to jump into that top three. So when you say he's top five right now, I think that is fact factual and can be debated when you think that that's ridiculous, you are really overrating the, that position around the league. Allow me to replay for you that 57-yard catch and run he had earlier this season. Well, the numbers just don't lie, dude. Yeah, He's right. Sixth exactly. leading receiver as far as tight ends are concerned. Uh, Evan Ingram only had a few more yards than him to be number five. Like. He, and he's got a lot more potential than Evan Ingram, I think. In a yeah, lot he's of, a lot younger. Yeah, the ceiling's higher. I mean, he's a lot. He's the youngest out of all of these new tight ends. He's produced more in his first two seasons than Kelsey or Andrews did in their first two seasons. So I just a uh, little tangent there. Just think that's a little disingenuous. Give Pat some him. respect. Give some Pat yeah. some respect, and and really recognize that when you say top five, I know that can make you cringe a little bit. Maybe look around the position group in the league and realize like who else would he, you put in there above five. Pat Fryermuth? Exactly. But our winner. Our winner for the Andy Dufresne Breakout Player of the Year is... I'm sorry, Pat. It's Alex Heisman. <laughs> his third, third award of the day. So Kenny's got wow. two awards. So Kenny's, you know, yeah. nipping at his heels a little bit. Best hair went to Kenny and Rookie of the Year went to Kenny. But the Joey Porter sacked lunch, Steely. The Peanut Tillman get that ball out, Steely. And now the Breakout Player of the Year, Steely. Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne Breakout Player of the Year, Steely. Not, goes the, to not, the, not the red... Or or the uh, uh, what was that old guy's name? Um, good work here, the Morgan Freeman character. No, 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 the guy that left halfway through the movie. You're doing a great job here of bringing well, the show just, to a just screeching halt by coming that up with no one that, that you broke can out, They were released. That was so important for you to bring it up was. there. It screeches to an entire halt. Of our nominees for Andy Dufresne Breakout Player of the Year, they all had phenomenal breakout years. I really love what I saw from Edmonds. And I think Highsmith and Edmonds earned themselves some paydays with their breakout years. Mm-hmm. And Highsmith especially is going to get paid. Yes. He's going to get paid. I think Pat will too, and I think Edmonds... Eventually res- like- Pat will. Do it with Highsmith now, though. Don't, so you don't kick have the to can down the road because yeah. guess what? If he continues on this trajectory, it just becomes more and more expensive the longer you wait to do it. So get that thing done. All right, moving on. Our TJ Watt Defensive Player of the Ooh. Year Award. How about that? An award named after a current <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler. Our nominees for the TJ Watt Defensive Player of the Year Award, Cam Hayward, Captain mm-hmm. Cam, Alex Highsmith sneaks his again. way on that list again, and Minka Fitzpatrick. The winner is... His second award of the night, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's racking them up tonight, I, too. I have a feeling he might get the final award of the night as Ooh. well. The big one, you know, best director, best Be- movie, best, best picture, picture yeah. MVP of the team. Uh, but Mink has just been so impactful all year. Cam Hayward's a good runner up for me here. But with Cam, it was a first half, second half kind of season. The second half was something magnificent to behold. But 
there was some moments that were anxious in the first half going, is the wheels falling off of Captain Cam a little bit? Minka Fitzpatrick was that rock all year Mm -hmm. long, though. He was the foundation of this defense, especially with T.J. Watt being out for half the season. So I think it's pretty clear that the T.J. Watt Defensive Player of the Year goes to number 30. I'm okay with that. Minka Fitzpatrick. Offensive Player of the Year, named after Franco Harris aptly. The Franco Harris Offensive Player of the Year Award. Our nominees are. Uh These are a little harder to come up with. Najee Harris. (laughs) Okay, I got no problem with that. Pat Fryermuth again. Okay, I like it. And Kenny Pickett. That's close. And the award goes to? Yeah. I think I have a feeling what this envelope's going to say. At least I think it should say. That's right. It's Najee Harris. Great turnaround from the start of the season. He was nowhere near this award then, but I think he clearly was the offense in the second half. Kenny had his say. George Pickens had his say. Deontay caught some passes. Dropped some passes, too, but... You know, they all had their collective hand in the pie of the offense's resurgence in the second half, but I think the driving force for it was number 22. And mm-hmm. and Warren as a spellback for sure, but Najee becoming that dude that's tough to bring down, who runs angry all the time again, uh, very refreshing, and I think that's what aided the offense's turnaround the most, is getting him back to yeah. the standard that Because you had said once he, even when he came in as a rookie— Last year, the offense has to run through Najee Harris. And to see it not do that through the first half of the season was very, to steal your term, frustrating. Because you knew his talent, and you saw it firsthand last year on the pro level in his rookie year. It's frustrating. All right. You're supposed to keep going. And as the second half of the season unfolded, you saw exactly who Najee Harris was. You saw how the offense can operate at its highest level. And honestly, Tom, the highest level for 2022 because I think that the peak that that offense reached in 2022 should be nowhere near that that peak that the offense can reach in 2023. Our final award. Oh today, man, the King Kahuna, the Mean Joe Green MVP mm-hmm. award. Our nominees for the 2022 season for Steelers MVP, the Steely Award on the Steelers Standard, Najee Harris. Yeah, they all deserve a round of applause yeah. just for being a nominee here. Minka Fitzpatrick. Well-deserved. And Captain Cam Hayward. All three. Those are your three all nominees. Three. The winner of the Mean Joe Green MVP award is... With his award ceremony fourth win, Minka Fitzpatrick. Wow. Just an incredible feat for Minka what a night for Minka. What, what a night for him. He's just been all over this award ceremony, and the team gave him the MVP. Who are we to argue with the team? Minka Fitzpatrick's our Mean Joe Green MVP of the year. He is. I mean, without Minka, that secondary pretty much crumbles, that defense pretty much crumbles, and as a result, the team doesn't probably get to that 9-8 and eight record. I know Mike Tomlin had a big hand in motivating the team, but you lose a star player. You lose an all-pro caliber player in Minka Fitzpatrick, and that team is looks significantly different. The same way the team looks significantly different without T.J. Watt. You take Minka Fitzpatrick out of the equation, and it's just it's just not the same product. Whew. That was tough. What a night. That's, Let's go drink some champagne. Drink some, Undo the, the bow tie. The bow tie yeah. now hanging off yeah. of me now. What a great fun night this was for the first annual Steely Awards. I can't wait to do it again next can't year. Can't wait. Maybe we'll get some more awards next year, but we got some, some more really, champagne really great ones. 
right here for you. Uh, before we get out of here, though, we do want to remind you that you can subscribe right now to our show, The Steelers Standard. Every episode we do is available for you to download. You can subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. couple of Fireside Fridays coming your way next. Mm. We're going to focus on the NFC picture of the Wild Card Weekend next. we light the fireplace. We'll talk NFC playoff matchups in depth, and we'll give you our prediction for who's going to win each game. That's on the way. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks for enjoying the Steely Awards right here on the Steelers Standard.